Hi guys, you are now listening to episode 47 of the No Shame in My Name podcast. I'm your host, Juliana, and today we're joined by a special guest. Goodness, Victor. Well, I was a digital designer. Um, I'm an A&R scout at a label. Um, I do multiple things, um, but lots of, yeah, creative things. Oh, sweet. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Goodness, it's a pleasure to have you. No worries. Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan of this podcast, and so it's exciting to get to share oh thank you so much um speaking of like i don't know you say that you're an a and r scout for a music label yeah yeah um i kind of scout like jazz indie stuff um i'm always looking for like black talent that are doing interesting alternative stuff i also have my eyes on like what's going on in west africa as well like alternative stuff happening there um yeah so i, I listen to a lot of music music most days Sweet. What you listen to at the moment, or like, have you made like a recent discovery? Yes. Um. So the band out in California, um, called Tuesdale, um, and it's like a, they're three piece, uh, female band. A bit like Heim, a bit like the Staves from the UK. But yeah, they're really really cool, and I've been listening to a lot of their stuff recently. Yeah. Oh, nice. What are they called? Truesdale, so T-R-O-U-S-D-A-L-E. That's a okay. crack my brain for that. Um, yeah. I will check them out. <laughs> I like listening to music. I guess, yeah, I'm just going to kick off with the question which I ask all my guests, which is, what name are you bringing to the podcast today and why? So I'm bringing my middle name, um, which is Wan Owaji. It's a name that not many people use around me, like my family don't really refer to me as that. Yeah, it's, not, it's on my passport and it's a name that I'm like, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to reclaim it more. And it's actually my favourite name out of the three names that I have. It's the only one that's not an English name as well. So my first name, goodness, I have an English surname. Yeah, so it's my favourite name, but it's the one that's used least. Cool. And do you know do you know the story behind why you were given this name? I think my mum gave me this name. Um, so it's in my native language. So my native language is Obolo, quite an obscure Nigerian language. So I'm like my family come from the south south of Nigeria, from River State. So like loads and loads of tribes in Nigeria. I'm actually so I'm part Ijo and part Igbo. So the Ijo tribe has multiple ethnic groups and within that one of the ethnic groups is the Andoni ethnic group so that's my name it originates from the Andoni language which is Obola it translates roughly the kind of the goodness kind nature of God which is why my first name is goodness but English often doesn't kind of fully explain some of our native names I always like to ask this, but I guess it's when when people say your name, I guess you're so used to hearing your name. But like mm. in terms of the meaning, have you always been aware of why they chose to give you this name? And was there like an underlying story around it? Myself and my middle sister, we both have Abola middle names. Um, my younger sister, her first name is actually Abola. She's the she's a lucky one. Sometimes now I kind of wish I had the more people use Wanawaji as my first name, but it is what it is. But I don't actually know, like, if there is a deep story around why they picked that specific name. I just know they 
wanted to give us kind of native names. Um, so we all have a native name. And all of our names have Owaji in it because Owaji is God in uh, um. Obola. Yeah, so it, there's like a different preface. So um, for me, it's Uwan, which is, yeah, U-W-A-N. There's a funny story around that. If you Google it, it's also a Japanese word and it means like the complete opposite to what it means in Obola. It's like... I think in Japanese, it's like an evil spirit or, or something. Oh my gosh, um, did I rebuke that? Yeah, yeah. I think, but it's quite interesting in terms of um, sometimes when people hear my mom speaking Obola around me or, yeah, in general, like people, people that don't know the language sometimes think that it sounds kind of Asian in some ways. I've recently discovered I'm a receptive bilingual. So people, it, it's the ter- a term used for people who, can understand a language but don't speak it fluently so either it's often people who are like the child children of immigrants because you've heard like the language spoken around you so I fully understand Abola which is the language that my middle name is in and I, I didn't really learn to speak as a child other than like a few words and phrases but in recent years so in the last kind of three or four years yeah I've started to learn to hold conversations and yeah also to learn how to read yeah because mm. it's one of the few languages that you can find on the bible like one of the few kind of obscure languages that you can find on the bible app um so i've been using that to learn to read wow that's so cool i was going to say do you think that your um your desire to learn to read and hold conversation in Obolo has something to do with you um kind of reclaiming like you said you mentioned at the beginning would you say that the two journeys are kind of linked? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's the learning to speak and learning to read that came first. Um, so even with the learning to speak, I think it would have been like 2018, I'd come home from work and like, we'd hold conversations and it would be, yeah, just base, very basic things. And now in recent years, at the beginning of this year, I was in Nigeria, I was around family and I'm like holding Full conversations, or even uh, this morning, I was FaceTiming my mom and my aunt, and I was yeah having conversations with them. So yeah, I think it was from learning to read and kind of feeling more comfortable in the language. It was like okay, now I've always liked this name. I don't use it as much. Where can I incorporate it into my life, or how can I yeah reclaim it more? That's, you know, that's, yeah, just hearing you speak about you holding conversations with your mom and your auntie, mm. that's, yeah, I find that really encouraging. Um, yeah. How important do you think it is to pass on native names um, to the next generation? Yeah, I think it's super important. So if I have children in the future, I definitely want to give them native first names. Like I said, I'm, I am I have Abola or Andoni heritage, Ijo heritage and Igbo heritage. So I'm quite adamant again, if I do have children in the future, that they would have names from both languages um, and then whatever my partner is. Yes, I think it's super, super important. Like I said, my youngest sister is the lucky one that has just a Abola name for her first name. It's, she has a distinctive name, like, you, you don't miss it you know it's it's um yeah and she can live fully within that like there are nicknames and so on and so forth so yeah I think it, I think it's super super important especially for languages that are um more obscure or dying out yeah if you come from I don't know an African country where there are loads and loads of tribes the majority of our countries um and you're not from a major tribe 
yeah, some of those languages may die out in the, yeah, I don't know how many years, but may die out in the near future. So I think it's kind of on us as this generation to kind of preserve them and allow them to kind of be passed down to future generations. And that's kind of why I've kind of taken it upon myself to reclaim my name, but also learn to speak and so on and so forth. Um, Because not only just here in the UK, like I speak to cousins, at home and sometimes it's like uh, what's the point in learning a bolo like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not very useful for me I'm not going to go to work and use it yeah it's, it doesn't work globally but actually it's something that we've been gifted so even if it's just amongst ourselves or amongst our community it's still worthwhile in my mind anyway speaking of languages I like to do this little segment where I ask my guests to teach me something that I don't know Okay. So can you teach us some Obolo? How, like, how do you greet in Obolo? So, say good morning, which is something that all, like, throughout my house, all three of my siblings we've had to do since we were young. It's the one word that everyone knows. Um, so say good morning, it's Owelegwe. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Owelegwe. Yeah, Owelegwe. Yeah. I think okay. you've got it. Accent, like... <laughs> Oh, language. <laughs> oh, language. Cool. Do you have to do like a, a like a gesture, or like a, or is it just simply like saying saying oh, language? It's it's just saying it. Um, yeah, it, I yeah, I think our culture is quite relaxed. Definitely in my house, it's very relaxed. Obviously, there are the kind of hierarchies that you get throughout Nigerian cultures, like all the different ones. But yeah, overall, it's pretty relaxed. Like so long as you agree, then it's. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I know it's evening right now, but still, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me being ever like sometimes you hear a name. I remember growing up, I'll see a mm. name and oh my gosh, this person is Ibo. Like, surely they're Ibo because you can just kind of tell. Mm. It's a kind of um, custom of naming amongst the um, Andoni people or like if if not do you have like a favorite name like a favorite mm. favorite obolo name or andoni name unfortunately because of the majority of like andoni people being on the coast like well generations the previous generations of my grandparents generation um a lot of people have english first names and some don't even have obolo names full stop and that's people yeah especially that generation some that can't couldn't even read or write in English would have English first names. So yeah, so there's a lot of that. But in terms of recognizing Obola names, if I came across one in the UK, I'd probably dig to find out if we're related anyway, shape or form. And then do I have a favorite one? Yeah. I'm gonna be biased and say my my name. because um, I really do like it. I really do. I like how it's written. I like how it's said, so I'm gonna say my favorite one is Iwan Oaji, which is my name. That's always the answer. That's always the answer that we want to be given <laughs> when we, when yeah, when someone asks that question. That's yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Actually, how do you? How, what is the like authentic way to say your name? There's a lot of accents on the language, so even when you see it written, there's accents above, accents below, on so many letters, which means yeah, when you pronounce it, a lot of the accents come out. So. The most correct way from how I've been taught is one Owaji. There's like an emphasis, one, an emphasis on the um, W, I guess, or one, 
and then always an emphasis on the O, there's an O-A-G-I. So I think, yeah, so one O-A-G. How important do you think it is for people to say names in the authentic way that I said? I know one, one of our previous guests, he raised a question like... If, if, let's say, you meet someone who is, I don't know, from any other ethnicity than yours, so let's say, for this example, I don't know, Asian, and yeah. they've got, like, an like East Asian name, so let's say it's someone who's Japanese and they've got a name called, like, Asuna or something, mm-hmm. and, and, and they say, hi, my name is Asuna, in their own accent, do you pronounce their name in their accent or in your accent? That's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think people should make the effort. Um, and I think that's something that I've always grown up here. My mum said that people should make the effort because people that, yeah, people that English isn't their first language eventually, yeah, make the effort to pronounce things the correct way in English. So I think mis- mistakes happen. Like I have a funny story actually with my um, graduation. Like I said, I've always had my full name throughout school and throughout university. But, you know, when you graduate, they ask you like how to pronounce your name because obviously there's lots of foreign students and different cultures in the UK as well um for me my name is my name so I didn't even I didn't think to fill out the form or what the <laughs> section where you'd write how it was pronounced because I it didn't it was not even a, a thought in my mind it's the same as John Smith you know <laughs> so I go up to, to collect my certificate and it was like goodness Victor because the person just had no clue how to pronounce it. And that was when it kind of clicked in my head, like, oh, yeah, this it's, it's an obvious name to you, but it's not an obvious name to anyone else. So in that mm-hmm. situation, I wasn't offended. It just is what it is. So mistakes do happen. But I think, yeah, for your, like, close friends, you definitely should make the effort. A lot of, yeah, a lot of my friends will ask. And then in general, yeah, I think it's just polite to ask the other person how they'd like referred to and how you pronounce their name. Mistakes can happen and they're are valid, but I think we should all make the effort because yeah, the majority of the world's population make the effort to speak English. Are are there variations to um to your name like nicknames or Yeah, so one is the nickname. I think the only person that ever refers to me much as one is my mum. But even that is few and far between when she does. Yeah, but one is the nickname. And then, yeah, just in terms of you kind of um, deciding to seek more, I guess, confidence in um, speaking Obolo um, mm. and kind of reclaiming your name, do you have any advice for anyone who perhaps is like in a low-key similar position that like maybe they they come from like a minority ethnic um, group in their mm. country. And um, yeah, do you have any kind of tips on like how to reclaim or yeah, just feel more confident in where they come from? Obviously see it as a positive, kind of the uniqueness of you being from a culture that's not as known is a positive. Um, all of our individual cultures are beautiful in their own ways. In terms of reclaiming like ask lots of questions with your family so whether it's just parents or if you've got any aunts and uncles just yeah kind of sitting and learning and asking questions and getting stories out of them um which isn't always easy as they age as well Uh, there's almost like a whole uh wealth of untapped knowledge that if we don't ask and 
get all of the answers for them now, in the next kind of 50, 60 years, just may not be there, especially if you're from quite a smaller ethnic group within a country. I guess with confidence, uh, initially when I was speaking, everyone would laugh and be like, oh, you sound like a child, you're speaking a bullet like a child. Um, or just laugh because it's like, ha, 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 the, the person from the UK is, is trying to speak a bullet. Yeah. But you just have to push through that because that was maybe the first year. Like when I came, I was like, yeah, I want to learn. People are like, hi, you want to learn? I'm like, no, 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 I'm being serious. Like, don't speak to me in English. People are like, ah, don't speak. And I just persisted. I was like, no, I don't, I'm not having any English conversations with anyone. Speak to me in Obola. Even if I have to struggle through the conversation, allow me to struggle through. And then by the second year, I was having, so that I'm speaking in years in terms of um, when I would go back to Nigeria and be around family, because that's the only place where it's like, multiple people are speaking this language like conversations are flying around me um, which is very different to when I'm in the UK and it's just mainly my mum speaking and holding conversations with me so yeah push through the initial like laugh and joke and when people see that you're serious they actually will get on board and, and teach you and help you I kind of use a technique where I, I just repeat loads so um, I, I'd repeat stuff to myself or if I was in a conversation with um, someone else as they're speaking to me I'll repeat back their part of the conversation just to kind of reinforce it in my brain but I do know that I had a bit of an advantage because like I said I've always understood the language so yeah that helped but I saw that anyone like we learn we learn Spanish at different ages I know it's more difficult when you're old an adult to pick up languages and learn but people do it people uh, yeah age 13 may decide to learn so there's no I don't see um, any reason why not to and I, I know with more like popular languages there are um, some programs to help people learn now I can't remember the names of them but there are ones like to help you learn Yoruba and Twi and Swahili and Igbo mm -hmm. um, there are Igbo classes yeah there are a lot of resources out there for us now but yeah, if you have, if, if you're trying to learn quite a obscure language or a language that's from a small ethnic group, family are a big resource. Um, and then mm -hmm. if you're lucky enough, like myself, that your language just happens to be written down in a, in some way. So like I said, on on the, the Bible app, you can use that as a resource as well. But yeah, mainly just push through, and yeah, everyone else will get on the page that you are determined to learn once you start. I find that what you were sharing actually about, you know, finding the confidence to learn what might be deemed an obscure language, mm. you could apply thing to someone who comes across a different kind of name or an obscure mm. in their eyes name. Like when you come across it, okay, what do you do? I guess mm. you kind of think about it, you repeat it, you practice it you might say it wrong the first time but you just constantly learn I find that um, yeah language and names they kind of cross over in terms of like it's just about learning and getting through that awkward stage of like maybe being laughed at or being embarrassed for getting it wrong I think yeah coming to the last question which is what do you want the world to know about your name or names in general I guess that it's never too late to kind of fully reclaim your name or fully live within all of your names. I think 
recently there's been like news articles about um Tandy or Tandy Way Newton and how um yeah like thirty years ago uh I don't know how accurate it was but from what I read like someone changed her name or just made it easier to pronounce for themselves and like that's kind of stuck for decades later but at this point she's decided I want to she, well she wants to reclaim her name and she's going forward with that so. Yeah, I think it's it's never too late to fully embrace any of your names, if it's a middle name or if it's your first name that you've only ever used, kind of shorter phrases or shorter versions of it. Yeah, if today you decide, actually, I want to be referred to as the full version, do so and people will learn and get on board. Um, yeah, so it's just never too late. And then, yeah, never too late to learn your mother tongue if you feel you wish to. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing that and for teaching me, us, like about um, your culture, which to be fair, when you, when you mentioned it, like the Andoni, is it the Andoni tribe? Like, I, yeah. I've never heard of it and like, I'm, I'm Nigerian, so it's been nice to just learn more. Actually, speaking of um, your culture, mm-hmm. is there, could you tell us a bit more? The Adra tribe has like, yeah, multiple ethnic groups within it. Andoni people in particular were coastal people. So in previous generations, the main trade, even though some people are still doing it, um, would be fishing. So people would go fishing along the coast. They would also like harvest periwinkles. So in terms of food, there's a lot of seafood. Um, so I grew up eating lots and lots of seafood. My Sunday uh, dinner, so the equivalent of kind of English people's Sunday roast, Mine would be fish soup with swallow, fish and uh, periwinkles and prawns and oysters and mussels and yeah, all in a concoction together. <laughs> um, but now, probably as an adult or for, to other listening ears, people that love seafood, it probably sounds wonderful. Um, but as a kid, when this is like what you have to eat every week because it's like your culture, yeah, I got to a point kind of late teens early 20s where if I was out and seafood was an option I'd be like no I'm not having the seafood option I'm having anything else but the seafood I grew up having so much seafood um yeah we literally have weekly deliveries to our house of just yeah loads of stuff from Billingsgate market but it was it was a way that I guess my parents kept close to what they kind of grew up with earlier this year when I was uh in Nigeria I went to my parents' like, hometown for the first time and I actually saw people like in their boats, yeah, like just going out for a Leslie oh, fishing wow. trip, yeah. Um, it's a very slow, it's a yeah, very slow pace of life. There's been a lot of kind of environmental damage in the region though, if you know anything about kind of the Niger Delta, yeah. People, I'll leave that for people to go and Google, but yeah, a lot of environmental damage, but you can still see how beautiful the region would have been kind of pre-60 years ago, pre-80 years ago. And the, yeah, the environment is still very kind of tranquil. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a glimpse. Um, that sounds so bliss. Like, give me all the seafood that I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much, though. Goodness, it's been, yeah, it's been so much fun to hear your, hear your story about your name and hear more about 
yeah your people and your language no worries it's been good fun sharing yeah i always ask like no pressure but do you have any socials where people can follow you so i, I write a bit of poetry sometimes um Ooh. so yeah and I, I include a bolo in that poetry actually so that page is uh, at orange articulations on instagram okay cool oh i'm gonna check that out that's yeah that sounds so interesting yeah um, what's the what's the um what, is there a story behind your insta name um orange is my favorite color um and when i was looking for a name i was like oh i'm writing and like um trying to articulate myself so uh, yeah orange articulations kind of became the name and then the name that i write under is Araya Owan orange initially it didn't have a one and then in this journey of reclaiming I included a one um, within it. Nice, nice. I'm going to check that out. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that whoever's listening checks that out too. And yeah, how do you say bye in um, Obolo? There's Ofwegwe, but that's more like good evening. Um, yeah, so let's go with that. Ofwegwe. Thank you for listening to the No Shame in My Name podcast. Until the next time, bye. to like share and follow our content we're on instagram at no shame in my name pods